Hi, and welcome to episode two of the Leitrim GA podcast in association with Leitrim GA uh, here on finalwhistle.ie and leitrimdaily.com. I'm joined this week uh, by one of our panel. We introduced it to the, to the group last week, and Aidan Rooney joins me this week. Aidan, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Bethany. Glad to be here. Now, you had the pleasure of being in Markovitz Park yesterday, although given the weather conditions for the second half, I'm not sure it was that much of a pleasure. Um, let's maybe start by taking a look at the action from the game, and then we'll have a little chat about uh, You, of course, had a foot in both camps. Well, you've, you're one foot in one camp and maybe a toe in, in the other camp with your son, Nathan, who came on for, for Sligo, was involved in a couple of their scores later on. A disappointing result in the end, seven-point defeat to, to Sligo at the first round of the league? Uh, it was, yeah. Like At the end of the day, I suppose, going into the game, Breffney, you know, we were all talking about, um, you know, I suppose Leitrim from last season and expecting that Leitrim to come out this season. And I kind of, the general feeling consensus was that if Leitrim kind of played to their potential or sorry, last year's potential, that they would probably overpower Sligo, you know, in the sense that Sligo is such a young team out and basically we're working from a clean slate from Tony McEntee's point of view. So like, my own feeling before the game was that, you know, although I was torn a little bit, I suppose, from the from the, from the emotive side of it, you know, I did feel that Leitrim were favourites going into the game, you know, genuinely, because I thought that Leitrim's experience in Division 3 of the season, their performances last year, you know, I suppose in adverse conditions, I suppose, you know, with COVID and everything else, I thought the performance levels were quite good. The Mayo performance was a decent performance in Championship football, although in the wintertime. So everything leading into this, um, but the one uh, variable we didn't know was, you know, I suppose how much work the teams had done in the in the in the lockdown period, and and that's very hard to quantify, Breffney. You know, um, being involved with the senior club team at the moment, and seeing them coming back on the pitch at the moment, and how they're behaving, and how they're how they're, you know, the county scene was kind of something similar. You know, guys on programs in isolation, all that kind of stuff that was coming into play, and very much looking at the games that happened over, over the over the weekend before in the hurling, and you know, even even this weekend's football games there were some major gaps in teams, you know, that you wouldn't expect, I suppose, notably Kerry and Galway for one, but some notable gaps, you know, Mayo and down the same, you know, you wouldn't expect that type of gap generally in league football. So going into the game, I suppose, you know, there was a few, well, there's plenty of variables, um, but I would have expected Leitrim, you know, to probably to hold Sligo out, um, you know, with the with their power running game and all that kind of stuff. But I suppose that's not the way it unfolded on the day. Yeah, I suppose some of the talking points, I suppose, of the game from a Leitrim point of view, uh, having looked like we were in the ascendancy in the first half, that sending off just before the interval just seemed to turn the momentum completely, and Leitrim never really recovered from that. Well, I've, I've, I've watched some commentary today on social media in relation to that, you know, and I suppose there is fair commentary to say that a player being sent off shouldn't have an outcome on a game where you're competitive in the game, you know, so I suppose... Again, Flynn sending off. It was a correct decision, you know, looking at it back afterwards. Um, very disappointing for Aidan Flynn. But more importantly, at that time in the game, I think Leitrim were commanding a three-point lead over Sligo for most of the first half. They were, they'd get a three-point lead, Sligo would close it back to a point. Leitrim would open up to three points again. It was that kind of a game. It was very, very fluid from end to end. 23 scores in the first half, you know. But and at the end of the day, Sligo got the last two scores before half time. You know, they put Leitrim on the back foot. The sending off happened. So all those variables, along with the conditions changing at halftime, 
um, made for a different second half. You know, we were very excited in the first half, as it was in the commentary box, looking at the game. It was an electric game. It was super football to watch from an entertainment point of view. Um, maybe both managers mightn't have been overly happy with the defensive um, setups as regards, you know, a lot of scores, a lot of scores from play, which is which is which is very very pleasing. But the point being that Leitrim probably. Um, should have gone in half time, possibly three, four points up with the cushion of the light breeze behind them. There was a breeze in the game. Leitrim had it. And then conditions all changed. I know Aidan Flynn sent off the two late points for Sligo in the first half. You know, Plus, the rain came um, and changed the dynamic of the game. The dry ball changed to a wet ball and the wind decreased as the rain came. So all the advantages Leitrim had had you know, in, in the first half kind of, you know, were kind of washed away and it became a very kind of... Um, I suppose, even playing field in the second half. A couple of minutes of brilliance from Benny Flynn in the first half. One phenomenal save, and then I suppose a minute of madness in the second that led to, to Sligo's second goal. And that was really, I suppose, the, the final nail in the coffin in terms of the, the competitiveness of the game. It was, but I, I think looking at the game, you know, from our perspective, I think at that stage, Sligo had the ascendancy in the game. You know, they were well on top. They were running from deep. They had the extra man. You know, Leitrim were kind of running into a brick wall anytime they attacked. They were looking for sparks of brilliance from one or two players to get their scores. You know, it didn't look like Leitrim were creating scores easily, and they weren't. Um, at that stage of the game, Sligo were very effective, and they were creating scores easily. But I think the goal before that actually had taken the wind out of the sails because Sligo had the ascendancy. They were a point ahead. The goal put them four ahead. I think that at that stage, you could see you know, visibly in the ground. I know there was nobody there, but you could feel the air coming out of the game at that stage. And Keane Lally's goal then was probably the icing on the cake from a Sligo point of view. You know, a poor mistake from, from Brendan Flynn, absolutely. But I think at that stage, to be fair to him, um, the game was gone, you know, from our perspective. We didn't see any way, particularly we kept talking, I suppose, about the Ryan O'Rourke influence and the possible influence of Ryan in the game if he had played or come into the game. But it looked more and more obvious as the second half went on that Ryan wasn't going to take part in the game. You know, we were watching the bench closely. Um, and I suppose maybe that was a trigger that maybe Terry might have been able to play that card and give themselves something to, to bite onto. Maybe at the four points down where you had still have something to play for. But I think, yeah, the last goal did finish the game off from a contest point of view, but I think the game was over before that. Yeah, I think it's also fair to say that, uh, like I mentioned, he had kept us in the game in the first half with a couple of... of, uh, of Fantastic saves. It's very easy to kind of point fingers at a goalkeeper. A mistake at that. Man, end absolutely, absolutely yeah. Bertie. I, I wouldn't say at all. Like it was a collective Leitrim, Leitrim um, poor performance. You know, overall there were some sparkling displays from a couple of individuals. Absolutely, and the first half in particular. But in the second half, as a team, Leitrim didn't perform. And that's to be fair. What Terry has brought to this, he's brought. You know, he's brought a massive team ethos and work rate, and that just didn't seem to be there in the same way that it was in the last couple of seasons during the game. You know, Leitrim didn't find that. Paddy Maguire made a couple of very isolated long runs up the field, I suppose, to take Nell Murphy out of the full forward line primarily. Um, but there was very little um, scoring chances created from those runs. You, you know, he didn't seem to have support off his shoulder where the last couple of seasons, that's been part and parcel of the Leitrim performance where the support was coming in waves. You know, there was a hunger and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose that brought into question about the energy levels Leitrim had in relation to the Sligo lads. The Sligo lads seem to have more energy, you know, they seem to have more in the tank going forward. Now, I know that you'll trade it off against the player sent off, and there's certainly merit in that, but I don't know, ultimately, um, is that, you know, Leitrim were still ahead at that stage. You know, they were still ahead. They could manage the game a little bit better, I suppose. Um, they would have felt they could manage the game a little bit better, but as it transpired, they, they, they weren't able to. 
Yeah, well, listen, maybe it's time to have a chat with one of those lads on that team. And we're going to get joined by Dara Rooney, one of the Leitrim's tackers on the day. Now, Aidan, you wouldn't have any need for this, but of course, Leitrim GA at the moment are running a win a wedding promotion. Uh, 150 <laughs> guests in Lochrane Estate and Gardens, uh, the beautiful surroundings there on the shores of Lochrane, near Mull in County Leitrim. Of course, 25,000 euro value overall. Fantastic prize. Tickets, 25 euros, available on winawedding.ie. Nice one for brownie points for the fiance. Uh, he, him, him or her, we're equal opportunities employers here in uh, Leitrim GA. So whoever your partner is might be quite happy to get a, a little reminder of, of what's possible if you're planning a wedding. And I think you can use it up to start at 2025. So even if you're single, there's hope for you yet. Uh, one person, we'll have to check and see whether he's in, in the mood for a, a wedding or not, uh, is Dara Rooney. Dara, any need for a wedding in your life? Uh, not at the moment, no. <laughs> no comment, says you. Um, no. I suppose before we start the conversation, we're going to have a little chat about the, the football match yesterday in Markovitz Park. Uh, we're going to watch the highlights, but before that, I just want to make sure there's no um, contact between yourself and Aidan. I know one Melvin Gales man has moved in to play for him in St Mary's this year. Uh, I get strung up by the clubs if if I seem to put people in touch with each other, so there'll be no physical contact. Keep your two meters uh, distance, boys. Right? Yeah, will do. Come on, Brefney. So, Dara, uh, disappointing way for it kind of to peter out at the end there. But uh, we've already heard some of Aiden's thoughts earlier in the show. Your own opinion? Uh, I suppose simple question: What happened? What what, what next for Leitrim? Um, in terms of the game, I think. It was tight in the first half. I felt like we were comfortable enough coming up to half time, and then obviously the red card killed us both mentally. I think, and even the way we were set up in the second half, we came out and we just didn't show up for the first fifteen minutes, and that's where we lost the game. Really, I think Sligo did well. They used the extra man well in defence. We couldn't. They slowed us down every time we tried to. If we broke them down in our defence, our transition up the pitch it just wasn't happening because they were giving away frees, pulling. You know, doing the cute things that they, they were supposed to be doing and it worked for them in the end. And where to next? I we were training Wednesday. We had a word between players, you know, just after the game. I suppose coming into the league campaign, I was always thinking, you know, we were going to beat everyone, get to a semi-final, get to a final. So I suppose it's just a minor inconvenience in the grander scheme of things. Get the win against Loud, get the win against Antrim, make the semis. Still the same plan. Yeah, would you feel, Dara? I, I know yesterday, I suppose, I, I watched the game and the first half was, was, was super. It was brilliant football from a point of view of um, entertainment value. Like, there was 12-11 was and it was scores, you know, both ends of the pitch coming frequently. I suppose defensively, maybe you'd look at it and say, like, neither team defended well. You know, the forwards were very good on both sides and, you know, there was five scores in the Leitrim forward line and there was six scores in the Sligo forward line. And it was a very effective performance from both forward lines. Would would Terry have been happy enough with that? You know, with it, or, or was he disappointed with the with the defensive side of the game? Yeah, well, of course he's going to be disappointed with the defensive side. Like I thought in the forward line, you know, we were on fire. Myself, keeper, and Evan, we all popped up scores. We were playing well, but I think we were just very loose in defence. I think we were all kind of bombing forward, and then both teams, like Sligo, were hitting long kickouts. We were hitting long kickouts, and if it just wherever it broke. Whatever team got it, they were nearly scored straight from... It was just score after score, and it was poor now from both teams. Defensively, we'll have to look at ourselves and try and set up more, maybe implement the sweeper a bit better for next week. Yeah, against well, I, suppose, 
Yeah, Jack Kilhenny, I suppose, played the sweeping role in the first half. And, you know, it kind of a, a traditional role for Shane Quinn, you know. So I suppose the question that I'd be asking is, you know, has, has, have those roles kind of changed or have they evolved? I know you're only back a few weeks training and it's very hard. I know you're the game against Fermanagh. It's very hard to kind of, you know, get things back on track, you know. But I would have felt going into the game that Beatron probably had the more stable system. You know, Sligo were coming out new and fresh um, under Tony. And, you know, you, you, you had a stable system. Um, in the Leitrim setup, and I suppose yesterday I was expecting Leitrim to kind of come at Sligo in waves, and that didn't seem to happen. You know, Paddy was coming probably on his own in isolation a lot of the time out of the full back line, and I kind of maybe felt that way from watching the game that maybe Leitrim weren't at the same pitch that they were before, you know, last year, say, or whatever. Is, is there that sense around the place that maybe, you know, that you kind of let it slip yesterday and that you have to kind of get, get back to work? Yeah, I think so. It was definitely back to the drawing board. I think in regards just to sweeper, like Jack Lahini has done that role before, so it was nothing really new for him. There might have been a bit of confusion at the start of the game because Mark Dunkett was obviously, he was kind of playing centre-back, but he was given the free room yeah. to go forward and then Jack would hold the centre-back position yeah, yeah. when yeah. Mark was up there. So maybe there was a bit of confusion there in the first half. And then just in regards going forward, I suppose like as a defender your main job is to defend and you don't want to commit everyone forward to like Paddy's been doing that you know his whole life he's one of the best in the country at it and I think just the rest of the lads were maybe a bit too focused on defending and weren't mm -hmm. you know expressing themselves enough going forward and they were maybe the first game of the season they were probably a bit afraid to go forward and leave the gaps in the back when they should have been bombing forward and helping out the attack it kind of looked that way, I suppose, like, you know, having been around all the Leitrim games in the last couple of years and seeing the way the team, the fervour of the team, the Leitrim smothered teams in the last couple of seasons. You know, they would have smothered them as regards their intensity, you know, dropping in their 10 and 12 or, you know, just bringing back that volume of player. You know, it didn't seem to happen the same way yesterday, the same intensity. And I suppose, you know, there was always a question going to be how teams were coming back in, Dara, you know, as regards their fitness levels, not so much the fitness levels, but the intensity levels and, you know, how much work was done away. It just looked, it looked yesterday as the game went on. I know the sending off was probably, you said, a mental thing more than a physical thing in the sense that, you know, it might have sapped you mentally more than physically. But it just looked as the game went on that Sligo were finding it easier to find their legs in the game. You know, Leitrim seemed to be, you know, more late. You were getting less chances up front. You weren't getting as much clean ball into you. It was becoming harder and harder to get get that ball fluidly into you. Where the first half, the ball was going much earlier, you know, into good pockets, and you were getting on the ball much earlier. So, I think, what was there an energy level thing in this in the second half with Leitrim? Um, I think there was a bit of fatigue. All right, you have to remember though, like when there is when we are a man down, every player has to work that bit extra. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're doing the extra little bit of mileage compared to where the Sligo lads. Like we would have to, as a forward line, we'd have to go back and help out the defence every single time. Whereas the Sligo lads, you know, they can take the odd break. And then I suppose whenever we did turn over, it was tough for the likes of me, Keith Byrne, Evan, whoever was in the forward line to make that sprint back up and get back in position. So I think definitely fatigue was a factor in the second half, but it had something, definitely something to do with the red card. Darry, you talked about the, the players having a, a conflab after the game and having a little chat. Obviously, you're not going to share the full details of that with us, but what can you tell us about kind of the mood of that and so anything that's come out of that that as a group you've decided to work on over the next week or two? Um well yeah, there was there was no real tactics, it was just kind of our attitude and how we performed in the last or the 15 minutes after the at the start of the second half. We just felt like we didn't, you know, do ourselves any justice. Like the heads went down, as I was saying, the mental 
like aftermath of the red card. The heads definitely went down. We can't afford to be doing that. Like we kind of realized before the second goal went in, we'll say the Sligo second goal, like we were catching them. We felt like we had the momentum. We we're going to get them. And then that was just a killer. It was just kind of classic leech from mistakes, you know, when you're finally getting a bit of momentum, doing just silly things and just not taking our chances as well. Like we did a few goal chances that we didn't take where Sligo took theirs and goals win games at the end of the day. Yeah, so Eamon, Eamon Kigallan made one fantastic save in the second half. I think I think it had a, it had a really, really big impact on the game. You know, I think at that stage, if Leitrim had scored the goal, you know, I suppose Sligo got momentum, you're right, in the 50 minutes after half time. But look, I suppose, Dara, we've talked a lot of the negativity of, of, of losing the game. Um, yeah, but from the positive side, you know, Sligo have to travel twice now. You know, Leitrim are home next weekend against Loud. So you're right in what you say. The roles could be reversed very quickly next weekend. You know, it's like we have to go to Antrim and try and get a performance again and win on the road, which is going to be difficult, you know, against McGinley's outfit. And you have Loud at home in Carrick, and we were all down at the Loud game away the last time you played, where you were dominant. So, like, there's definitely, I know there's Mickey Hart factor, but from, from our perspective as supporters and watching the performance, I think you're right. I think, you know, from our perspective outside, if the attitude is still good in the group, and there's still a togetherness and there's still a momentum. Like, absolutely, the whole thing can turn on its head next weekend and then make the last weekend, then, you know, fully championship fair. The two winners take take the spoils. And that's the way I would see next weekend from a supporter's perspective and having known the kind of, um, you know, the, the the passion and the heart that's in the team and what, how they performed over the last, you know, three seasons, let's say, just the third season under Terry. So, you know, I'd be saying, I'd be looking at the glass always half full still, you know, and I and obviously ER as players, 100% I suppose with the, realize, the realization of taking the good stuff and the bad stuff out of the game you know yesterday like there was fantastic positives like 18 points is a, is a huge score to put up in a game you know and a lot of quality scores like a lot of quality scores got from long range and I know same what we said for Sligo but the point is that if we can capitalize on that next week and get our defensive you know shape you know more solid and more what it what it was you know, I know Aiden Flynn's a loss now next weekend, but you, you know, I would be very, very hopeful that we can get a performance and get a win next weekend. Yeah, definitely. That's our thinking as a camp as well. Like, you know, as I said, it's just a minor inconvenience. The road to Division 3 is still well and truly up for grabs. If we get our win next week, you know, we'll have momentum then going into the Antrim game. It might come down to score difference, but as you said, 18 points. To lose and score 18 points, that is a massive positive to take from the game. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, I suppose, the overall picture of a, of the year ahead, it's been a long six months or so since uh, Leitrim were, were out last in, in the championship against Mayo. How nice is it just to be back playing football again uh, with a view to playing a, a decent club season and an county season over the next couple of months? Yeah, of course. Like, I think everyone's the same. Players, supporters, everyone's just been mad for it to start back. You know, you're... We're doing our runs kind of up here on our own. In, I, I'm in Dublin now, so I was kind of doing my own runs and doing your own gym work. It's fairly monotonous. Like, it was just, it was getting sickening. You're kind of wondering when, if we were going to get back at all. And when you got the date then, everyone was buzzing. I remember the first training back. So it was like, it was like a championship training, like running up to a championship final. Everyone was just buzzing. And nearly every training has been like that since. The quality of training this year from the group has been very good now. I know it's we obviously got the the loss there against Ligo, but we definitely feel that we'd be confident of still getting to a final and making Division Three. 
I'm going to be very politically incorrect there, Darren. Say if you'd met up with a couple of certain Dublin players, you could have trained away in Dublin, but and you wouldn't have been lost. Listen, Darren, thanks a million for joining us. Hard luck uh, on the results over the weekend, and I suppose we'll be keeping an eye with interest over the coming weeks and months as the season progresses and uh, up to that championship match against Mayor Sligo in a couple of weeks' time. And, never know, stranger things have happened. We could be uh, facing a, a return against Sligo in Park Sean in a couple of months. Uh, stranger things and don't have happened. And don't be taking any texts, Dara, from Nathan Rooney for this week. Let it, let it ride. Oh, I love them all. <laughs> Thanks a million, Dara. No worries. See you later. Thanks, Dara. Chat to you soon. Chat to you soon. Mind yourself. Now, of course, while the footballers were in action in Markovic Park, it was left to the hurlers to keep the home fires burning. And Park Sean McDermott, yesterday afternoon, uh, David McGovern led his hurling side into their first game of the National Hurling League, Division 3B. And, of course, loud in opposition. It wasn't to be uh, a great day for Leitrim, beating the last puck of the ball uh, by a single point. David, welcome to the programme. Thanks very much, Bethany. Delighted to be here. Well, first of all, we better address the elephant in the room, which is, of course, before we even get onto the, the football or the hurling, should I say, is uh, that accent, that doesn't sound like a, a Leitrim accent. What's the origins and how did you end up in the, the Leitrim jerseys? That's a very, very South Leitrim accent, I think. Um, it sort of changes. It used, to ch- it used to go back and forth when I was younger now, in fairness. I used to spend the summers down, so I used to be coming back to Blanche with a fairly thick uh, Leitrim accent at times. Um, no, me both parents are from Leitrim. Um, I've been going down since I was young. Fella. Um, parents are both both from both sides of Mohol and uh, from farming background. So I suppose I was always um, always loved to get down, mess around on the farm with the horses and bits and pieces. So I've been going down there a long time. So that's where that's where it stems. Of course, now you play your trade with Peregrines up in Dublin, uh, where obviously your your home club. Uh, what made you choose Leitrim? Was it the opportunity to play national hurling league? Oh, it was the celebrity status, Bethany, and. Everything that goes with it, the women and the money. Um, I, I, know, thought I, Jack, I, I thought Jack Moradi had, um, had, had car planch on that. <laughs> well, Moradi actually has that. <laughs> Moradi has that sewn up now, fair play to him. But um, I know, I suppose, um, I suppose it's something myself, I wouldn't really talk about too much, but something I'll be sort of proud of. I always consider myself Leitrim, um, fella, even though I didn't grow up in Leitrim, never, never supported the dubs. Um, Always had a Leitrim jersey when I was young. Always went down to watch Leitrim footballers play. So I suppose I always carry that. And I suppose there, there is there is a lot of dubs probably similar to me for, with parents from uh, country backgrounds, and it goes either way sometimes. But I always sort of kept the the Leitrim link. So um, it was something I was always really proud of, and still am. So what you're saying is it's all his fault then? It's all that man's fault kicking <laughs> kicking balls in '94 and that sort of stuff. That's where. Uh, that's 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 where it started for us like and I suppose we we would have then went down, I suppose maybe just after a few years after ninety-four, um myself, my father, my uncle, we 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 would have went down to every championship game. So would have been really, really big fans. We'd be getting up at six, six o'clock in the morning, getting the train down wherever it was, Galway, Mayo, Leitrim. So was, we had some really, really good days. And I I'd be reminding people that of, of the football back then in the early nineties and the late nineties, like and there were some great, great games, like and great, great teams. There was remember there was a Mayo game in Carrick and Shannon, but they were very lucky to get out Mayo. I think bet Leitrim by a point and stuff like this. And then it's you know, back then it was your year over, like, you know, as well. So it was really fine margins. Well, I suppose it was finest margins ever yesterday in uh, Park Sean. 
Tell us about the, I suppose, the game from your point of view. Uh, actually, before you do that, let's take a look at the actual action from the game. Here's the highlights. You might even recognize the commentary. Myself and Kevin Glancy on commentary duty here. Oh, very good. Hey, great, man. David, disappointing way to, to start the, the league season. Yeah, very frustrating. Um, I suppose reflecting on it today, um, we were all geared up. Um, we thought we were going to win yesterday, and I suppose it, it just shows, I suppose, the, the competition that it is today. It's There's there's nearly no second chance within the league. It's only a few games, only three games, only four teams in the league. Like so, um, And with the, with the other result being a draw, I think it makes it really, really difficult for us. Um, you're really relying on results to go your way. So we were very disappointed after yesterday. We had two challenge games. Uh, the week before against Longford and Monaghan, we were very rusty against Longford and we come on a lot against Monaghan on the Sunday and um, we thought we were going we, we were going really well but we know we, we left it behind us yesterday, we missed a few chances and we just didn't click 100% but uh, really, really frustrated because we, we, we felt that was a league that could be won this year. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably not gone, David, at the moment, I'd say, but from the point of view of the performance... Like where would you see yourselves now with the next couple of games? You know, the more than the footballers, you're in the kind of the same demise now. You know, you 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 have no trapdoor now. You have to go out and, and win the win the next two games. So, from the Kevin Fermanagh perspective, you know, the the division is very tight. You know, I don't see why, you know, you wouldn't win them. And the draw yesterday, kind of, if you win both games, it kind of becomes their problem rather than your problem. Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's still within it's it's within Loud's hands. So obviously, if Loud wins their last couple of games, they win. We're obviously hoping for results, but no, we'll be going out one hundred percent to win to win both games, and 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 hopefully one of the other teams can do us a favour. Um, if it comes down head to head, then uh, I think it'd be difficult with 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 Loud. But um, if three teams finished on the same points, which I think makes it hard with the draw yesterday, but no, we'll be going out. We've we've a huge panel. We've really 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 strong. And we've six new lads. I think I think it's six new lads into the team this year. They can all hurl, which is really really good. You need the lads coming through every year. A couple of lads coming through, so it's big to have six lads coming through. So it's I suppose it's bedding lads into the team and lads finding positions, and it all takes time. We we've been on our zooms uh, throughout the winter, which was really good. But you need to be on the pitch. You need to be working together. You need to be hurling together to know how everyone's playing and how everyone's going together. So I think we've only had the three or four weeks, which every other team has. In fairness, but um. Yeah, we just feel if we had it, we'd love. I'd love to play them tonight. I'd love to play the game over. Or if we had the game next week, I feel like we'd we could win by seven or eight points. But that's yeah. the way. How it goes. do you how, we, do, how we, do you feel? How do you feel, David? The lockdown has gone for you as regards, you know. I, I just talking to Brett earlier on there about you know the footballers and you know the difficulty. And I've seen it down here even, even in, in the in, in the club scene. You know, how do you feel it went for the hurlers as regards you know the the contact and the zoom and you know the tracking of the fitness stuff and how do you feel that went? Like, do you feel that? that was up to what you would have expected or was it more difficult to keep track of it? I think it was funny. I think uh, I think the way things happened, I suppose we had new management that came in um, in December 2019. So like just before, say, COVID had started and we, we, we were playing the league and we were going really well in the league and we got to um, the league final and we were, we were due to play league final against Sligo on the Sunday. And I think then on the Thursday was when the games were all called off and then we were, you know... In no man's land and stuff, so we were going really well, and we fully expect, as we always do, is going to every match like we're going to win. But we fully expected to beat Sligo. We had played them in in, in a really really tough uh, league game and and lost by two points, and we felt like we had co- come on an awful lot from that game. So um, the lockdown then, yeah, we were training, we were putting in our plans. I suppose at the start we were throwing in our runs and the WhatsApp. I'd say it was what what every team in the country was doing. But yeah. um, you know, some lads done really well over it. In fairness, some lads you know concentrated on other lads. You know, likes the 
you know, likes a bit of contact, likes likes a bit of crack. I love training in groups. Like it's something I've, I've really yeah, noticed yeah. about myself, even if it's in even in a small group, it's something I really, really um value now. And I suppose when you're when you're playing all the time, I'm, I'm going a lot a good a good while now playing both I play a bit of football when I can with the club and play hurling. And it's 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 something you probably take for granted, like even just a bit of crack going down. So Yeah, and I know realized now this week, you know, would have found the club you know, coming back in, you know, the intensity was way above what they were doing on their own, although they were working very hard on their, on their own. You know, they found when they came back into the group session that the intensity was up. Did you lose any people's injuries over the last couple of weeks? Was there any injury issues or? There was a few injuries, yeah, but you're, you're, you're dead, right? Really. Like, that's the nail on the head. Like, it's a different game. You can go out and do your sprints on your own. You can do your runs on your own. I'll never push myself as much on my own as, even if I have one other lad with me, I'll run a bit faster. But um, it's, it's the drills. It's the 30 seconds tackling. It's that sort of stuff. That's the fitness. I get. I think I get me mostly fitness out of challenge games and out of games when you're up against it, when you have to sprint, when you've no other option um, but to go. But, um, yeah, no, we have had a few injuries over the last... Um, couple of weeks lads and that's very frustrating as well lads just back and then they're out injured like so it's very it's very hard on them um we had um Aaron McDermott I think uh, Martin Feeney as well hurt himself yesterday so I don't really know how they are but we had had a few injuries leading into it which which doesn't help but again it's it's the same I suppose every every team in the country there's probably going to be hamstrings gone and all this sort of crack now over the next while in terms of the game yesterday though I suppose just before we let you go we're kind of running out of time here is actually the yep. The actual the major talking points, the two goals in the first in the second half for Leitrim, uh, very similar. Liam Morton puts the ball in, Collie gets on the end of it and flicks one in and, and catches one and buries it. Um, it was a really nice momentum shift for Leitrim. Uh, and, and it looked like Leitrim were going to push on from there, but it just didn't quite work out. Injury time, maybe we might even talk about that. The goals kind of speak for themselves. Injury time, a point up, in control, we win a defensive free. And then it all just kind of goes wrong, really. Yeah, and I think I think them things happen. You mentioned Collie and Liam, like as well. Like the boys were working well together. Like I think if anything, we probably could have got a few more balls into Collie. Like he might he might have done a bit more damage. But um, there was a bit of controversy going round around whether we were a point up or a point down or was it level and were we bringing a man back or what was going on. So um. There was there was all that sort of stuff. But it's good, you know that's the exciting part of the game. That's the part you love. Like the last couple of minutes, you're 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 out there and you're making you're making decisions and things happen and things happen in the heat of the moment as well like and um the one thing i'll say about the lads is they're they're always really committed and anyone who's come to watch us over the last few years will know like they, they love coming to see the games because it's always great crack because lads will always put put in a shift they'll always they'll never 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 ever lie down really really tough that way so and it, i think we just pro- possibly ran out a little bit of steam and a little bit of sharpness the last couple of minutes which was very frustrating because i felt after the second goal we should have pushed on and in my head we were going to win by by six or seven like if, if we did and i think we were well capable of it but um they're the regrets we'll have now but it's onwards and upwards we'll keep our late and hopefully hopefully get stuck into fermanagh now the weekend and then calvin two weeks later and who knows, maybe loud again in the Nicky Record Cup later yeah. in the summer. David, thanks very much. Hard luck yesterday, particularly the manner in which it happened in the last book of the game. Uh, but thanks for joining us, and we'll be catching up with you again later through the year. Thanks very much, Breffany, and good, good, to, good to chat. Good to chat you, thanks, David. Aiden. Good to chat thanks you. Very much. you soon. See you later, lads. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, of course, it's not just the boys that get all the fun of getting back out on the playing pitches in the month of May this year. The women also get the opportunity to get the little ladies football league up and running on Sunday. And they host Loud, 
get very familiar with Loud this year. All three teams in action against Loud in their league campaigns this year. But their manager, Hugh Donnelly, joins us now to chat about his side's chances in this year's league campaign. Hugh, you're very welcome to the programme. Cheers, lads. Thanks for having me. Uh, very happy to have you. Um, you've allowed in Ballinamore at 2pm on Sunday afternoon. Um, it's been a while since we've seen the ladies out in action since the end of the championship last year. Uh, how are things going for you? How has the lockdown been and how have preparations for, for Sunday come along? Yeah, I, I can't complain. Um, to be honest, we've learned uh, an awful lot from lockdown one. Um, and this has been a, a, a great experience in terms of, of you know what not to do um, in lockdown too. So, yeah, I, I can't complain. The girls have been been working um, really, really hard um, on their own programs and doing their own things prior to um, we were allowed to get back and in, to collective training again. So, honestly, yeah, things are we're, we're hitting the ground nicely, and um, yeah, we're really looking forward to the next weekend. I suppose, Hugh, a question I'd have for you, you know, in the context of I, I'm managing a club team myself, and talking to all the managers and players to date. And what we've seen at the weekend's play in the football and the hurling last weekend, I suppose there's a bit of a very grey area at the moment as to how teams are going to come back on the pitch. You know, we've seen massive scorelines in some of the football matches and the hurling matches. And, you know, how do you feel that the training has gone for the girls? Do you feel that, you know, it's very hard to put a finger on it? Are you happy enough from your own point of view that they've got, they've got enough of the work done themselves to be, to, to be fighting fit? Yeah, I have to 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 take my hat off to the girls. Uh, to be honest, they've been they've been absolutely brilliant. Um, they had they've done everything that they've been asked to do. They've come back in fantastic shape, fantastic shape, and 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 that um, each and every one of them deserves the credit for that. Uh, in terms of preparation, we've had two challenge games now, and um, things are are tipping along nicely. We have gradually um, got better over the two games, and and things are starting to click into place. So. Uh, overall, I'm, I'm more than happy where we're at. I, I think we're we're just coming nicely now to to the Lowes game. Obviously, we've um, they beat us last year in the league, and you know it's it's an opportunity now for us to to go out and, and rectify that result from last year because we didn't perform, and and that kind of um, so look, it's everything's um, heading nicely towards it, and, and we're looking forward to it. Good. And as regards the um, you know the injuries and some of the lads. Teams, you know, would have had, you know, maybe issues with injuries coming back in into, into the group training environment where, you know, obviously the intensity goes way up when you're back in a group a group environment. You have, you, no injuries at the moment? You happy enough? Um, we have one or two soft issue. Um, hopefully, um, I'll know more in Venice tonight whether where everything will be cleared up. But yeah, we, we have a few um, knocks and niggles and we can three yesterday uh, unscathed. So, we're pretty much unscathed bar, bar a bit of uh, stiffness and soreness and, and the usual rough and tumble from, from football. But no, um, as I said, we've, we've won maybe concern uh, in terms of a hamstring injury. But outside of that, um, yeah, we're good to go. There's competition for places. The girls right. are hungry. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's all, guns, uh, all guns to go on, on Sunday. In terms of the actual squad for the game on Sunday, I suppose um, people will be familiar with most of the players who featured last year for you. Any new additions into the team? Uh, that we might not have been uh, expecting. Um, we have we've brought in a, a few of the younger girls, a few girls who who um, I've seen quite a bit of over the the championship com- uh, campaign, the club campaign. Um, Rachel McIntyre being one um, 
Abby Sweeney being another girl and, and, and Caroline Gockian as well, a, a young keeper coming in. So we brought in a little bit of youth and and you wouldn't believe what they've brought to the table in terms of just, um, it's like they're always been there, that they're, they're fitted um, really well. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a little bit of youth and it keeps the keeps the elder generation on their toes as well. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's good to have them in. I suppose two names that we'd be well used to seeing on each of teams over the years. Uh, one featured last year, one didn't, and they're both playing in the Women's National League in soccer at the moment. And um, Mernavani's been lighting it up with Atlone Town while uh, Derville Burns top of the table with Piemont. Uh, any chance of seeing either of those two girls in the Leitrim jersey for the league or maybe later in the year for the championship? Uh, yeah, look, listen, uh, and credit to, to both of them. They've been in constant contact with me um, from the day dot, and, and I've been very aware of of what they were um planning to do and what what they wanted to do in terms of of moving forward with with their their, their um own sports so um at the end of the day i suppose especially with Murren in terms of our soccer um it's something that, that she's always wanted to do and it's a you know anybody's dream and ambition to to try and go on and represent um their county so in terms of of Murren, you know the communication skills have been been excellent and um, so i know exactly what she's training and uh, how often she's training so it goes across that that, that line of you know player burnout and, and trying to to look after players to a certain degree i know the training load she's under so and, and likewise so it's um yeah look you know they they are still there on the panel and we'd like to, to hopefully see them at some stage um whether it be this sunday or the following sunday or whatever that they're still there and and my god that they're two fantastic players to to have there to, to bring in or, or to start or whatever the case may be. So it's great to have them girls there to um if and when we need them. Funny you I was in um I was in getting me a vaccination today and I met her father, Eamon. We'd be we'd be long long friends from, from way back when we were kids. Um, so I was talking to him about it actually and I said but very one thing and I'm sure you know Derby is the same. She has a burning ambition to play for her county. Um, you know, I, I know her since she was a small girl and uh you know, it's it's great to see, and I suppose it, it kind of puts it in context. You, where we are in Leitrim, I suppose at all at, at all levels of sports, like we can't afford our best athletes not playing for us. You know, and I, I'm sure you're you're seeing that as much as as any manager in any code. You know, in a county where you know we don't have the massive resources and I mean volume of players other counties might have. So, I do empathise with you. It's a, it's a tough situation, to, you know, to be in and. You know the girls I know they 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 long to play for their county. So you know hopefully, hopefully you get you get their assistance and their help as it goes through and uh, to get your goals achieved. Yeah, look, it, it's from from day dot. You know one of the, the the things that I try to bring into the squad this year was all about accountability and and you know as long as players are are doing look work for example or college or there's things in life yeah. that's going to crop up and it's really important that we try and get the balance right and. You know, I, I've tried to make it very clear from the girls, look, you know, catch up on your sessions, do your sessions and um, throw them into the groups so that everybody sees that the sessions are being done. And it's all about accountability. And as I said, um, you know, both girls are, are blessed with an unreal talent outside of Gillick. So it, it's it will be very unfair, um, you know, of, of me and, you know, of Leighton GA to try and, and force their hand. So, look, I'm about long enough now to to realise that um, these girls have goals and ambitions and dreams and, and you know, to represent at the highest level. So, as I said, um, I know exactly what they're doing. I, I know exactly in terms of, of how much they're doing. So there's no way that I'm going to, uh, um, you know, the girls come to training when they can in terms of even there to, to, to stand and, and observe in terms of what we're doing so that 
when they do come back into the fold that, that they're up to date with everything in terms of style of football and, and how we're setting up and things like that. So look I, I and the girls are aware as well. So that's the big thing. Um so no listen, I, I'm more than happy to 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 um to know where they're at at this particular time. So yeah. all's good. There's no doubt. Now, reading up your resume today, Hugh, um, and apologies for not knowing as much about you until I read it today, but you have a vast experience at this level. You've been around a lot of counties and you have a lot of work work done. So I suppose in your point of view of Leitrim, where does it fit in You know, from where you've been in you know, Donegal, Cavan and Tyrone to date? Like, is, it, is, is, it, is it comparable? Uh, I'll tell you one thing, and I genuinely mean this, in terms of, of, of a bunch of girls who have bought into something, Everything that they've been asked to do, they've done it um, to the best of their ability. They're a genuinely, uh, they're a great bunch of, of girls to work with, and there's hunger there. And I suppose when you don't have that, and and you know the prop, there wasn't a proper structure in place for a number of years. Um, and I suppose when it's all new to these, you buy in, and, and once they see the results, like we had a fantastic run last year until COVID and, and um, hit in, and we probably would have went up last year and, and now we have another opportunity and I suppose that's one thing about COVID in, in, in terms of, of what it has brought to us it's you know we just don't know what's around the corner so it's a great opportunity now the hunger's there for the girls um, but overall they're a great bunch of colleagues to work with and, and um, look they're hungry for success and, and I'm just I suppose uh, my job is, is more of a, of a facilitator or, or a mentor in terms of, of that because when a team wants to to progress and a team wants to 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 move forward, then it makes my job a hell of a lot easier. So, um, yeah, no, listen, they're right up there in terms of of hunger and desire and, and everything else, everything that you'd want from from a team when you're taking over them. You know, Hugh, you talked yeah. about yeah, Hugh, you talked about the um, I suppose that that motivation and that momentum that was built up ahead of the COVID screeching halts that came in March of last year and I suppose the vibes have been great coming out of the clubs, the county board um, your, your appointment in the, in the job players reaction to that and really buying into the, the Leitrim County side and I saw firsthand the numbers of training and the ad- application was phenomenal. COVID came and really for the last maybe 16 months 15 months it's been a real challenge for everybody in every walk of life whether it's business, personal lives, whatever uh, college uh, you name it, we've all had to deal with different challenges. How has it been keeping yourself motivated, but also a group of girls when you don't really know when next Sunday's date was going to be until a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I suppose, uh, first and foremost, in terms of of, of Zoom, we, we kept quite a bit in contact with Zoom and we've done a bit of a bit of work on, on terms of the mindset and where we wanted to go. And, and the I suppose what we're trying to do is change the culture to a certain degree and each as well. So first and foremost, we had lots to work on over, over COVID and um, it's not as if we, we kind of disappeared off the radar. We've we, we done lots of work in terms of, of, of talking and meeting and kept things going on. And I think both last year being so successful in terms of, of how well we were going, I think the girls realised that, listen, you know, if we could once get back into it and, and suppose with the shorter season and the shorter window now, that leaves everything a bit more there's a bit more edge to it. There's a bit more excitement to it and, and everything's a little bit more condensed and, and even the club season is a lot more condensed. So everybody's just now at this stage um, looking forward to to getting out and champing up the bit to try and to uh, to move on and more importantly to progress on from, from where we were last year. And um, look, I've made this very clear on numerous occasions that the the ability and, and the talent in Neatrum is is unbelievable. It is, it is probably the most underachieved county 
in terms of ability that I've ever seen. Their their potential is here in abundance. And I suppose it's just um success breeds success. And if we can get a little bit of success, then you know, we'll put ourselves back on the map and in terms of, of attracting other players out and, and things like that. So yeah, as I said, um I, I can't complain that the gears that application to date has been absolutely brilliant. In terms of Sunday's game, uh, Louds in town, obviously you faced them in the league last year. How much about, about this year's squad are you familiar with? You, have you done your homework on uh, who is likely to be on the field for them on Sunday? Yeah, look, listen, um, I, I've done my homework the same way I, I try and do it for all teams. Um, and again, they're going to be, you know, realistically, probably the, the team debate in terms of of what they bring to the table and um, they beat us last year by a point down and in, 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 down in the peninsula and i suppose what sticks in personally um, in my throat was that we underperformed that they i'll take any beating from any team um, as long as we perform and perform as, as close to our ability as we can but last year we didn't perform and we, and we left the result behind us so this year's about you know going out and and, and trying to put um, a bit of consistency together and and try and aim to perform it at the highest possible standard that we can. And I think if we can do that, then we will beat Louth, um, you know, but we have to apply ourselves and we have to, to make sure that we, we, you know, get as close to that, that magic number as we possibly can. So in terms of Louth, you know, they're, they're holding their own and intermediate um, in terms of the championship. They, they didn't look out of place in last year's championship. So they're a formidable team. So, but at the end of the day, look, for us to succeed as a county and, and individually grow and, and develop as players, we've got to compete and, and play these teams and the better teams. So, you know, it's it's in our best interest to to try and get to get out of Division 4. And, and to do that, we're going to have to beat Lowe's at least once, if, if, if not twice. And Hugh, I suppose a question I'd have for you, um, talking about Championship and Lowe's performance in the Intermediate Championship. You know, the two Championship games last season, you know, against um, Down and Meath, how do you feel that um, helped the group? Um, obviously, the Meath game was a very difficult game for you, but you know, do you feel the girls would have learned a lot from that game? Um, that standard, obviously, Meath are a very, very um, one of the one of the higher standard teams in it. You know, would they have learned a lot from that game as a young side? Oh, massively! And 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 you know what? We we still talk about them games in terms of training and, and how and Meath are are the pinnacle in terms of of what you really want to do and how you want to succeed in terms of their. Their organisation, um, in terms of their work rate, their work ethic, their 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 general skill levels, it was absolutely brilliant. We knew we were going to be up against a mammoth task last year in terms of, of Meath, but it was a case of, of measuring exactly where we're at and, and where we want to go, and we used that as a as a as a fantastic example. Down on the other hand, we were we were so close. Um, you know, we, we talked about uh, chances and, and and things. We had three or four chances last year against Down, and, and unfortunately, um. And the other day of the week, they would they would go in. So we're not overly that while far away. I, I, again, it boils no. down to I suppose the mindset and the culture and and you know this thing of I suppose other teams looking down on us in terms of you know we're Leitrim and we've been maybe commonly known as as a as a easier team or a team to that you could pick up points against or or or, or win against easily. So we're just changing what we're um what we're about. And all we have to do is look after ourselves in terms of worry about ourselves. And if we apply ourselves the way that we can, and we're well able to do it, and, and we've done that the last two challenge games, um, we've come on massively. And, um, you know, as long as we continue to improve, then then we'll be a match to anybody on our day, especially at the intermediate level.
Listen, Hugh, the very, very best of luck to you and the girls in Ballinamore, 2 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, the game, we expect it to be streamed. Uh, details we don't quite have to hand as we record this, but I'm sure if they check out uh, Leitrim LGFA on all the social medias, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, uh, they'll find out the details of where they can watch that game. Obviously, people not allowed in, same as all the other games this weekend. Hugh, thanks very much for joining us. Best of luck on Sunday. Thanks, Hugh. Best of luck to you. Thanks a million, guys. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. So Hugh Donnelly there, looking forward to getting his league campaign and the ladies' league campaign on Sunday afternoon in Ballinamore at 2pm. Of course, the hurlers in action in Brewster Park and Enniskillen at the same time against Fermanagh, their second round game in Division 3B of the National Hurling League. While the men's footballers, they take to Park Sean 3pm on Sunday afternoon and they allowed loud also the visitors on that instance it's a little bit disappointing Aiden from a logistics point of view that we've waited so long to get games and that all three of them clash you couldn't get even if you wanted to not that people can get to games but in terms of streaming them or watching them um you kind of got to make a choice and, and go with one you don't have the option to, to yeah. really watch more than one I suppose it is strange, but I suppose, I suppose, briefly, there is a disconnect sometimes between some of the associations as regards, you know, the fixturing. And I know particularly with the ladies, um, you know, been familiar with it here in Sligo and that, you know, fixturing is a, is a, is a problem in, by and large, you know, um, as regards the groups, um, the heads speaking to each other, you know. So I'm not surprised by it um, that it's happened, but it's just something that we probably could start out, you know, because the ladies GEA, is an integral part of, of of what we're trying to do, um, and I see even even in some areas here in Sligo, like you know, even to plan games and know when the girls' games are on and all that kind of stuff is it's it's kind of you know two separate entities walking away, which is you know strange and it's it's disappointing, yeah, for for, for people you know people that would watch the three games, you know. Well, from my point of view, the first game on on Saturday in the National League across the board starts at three o'clock. The last one at seven. And then there's a couple of different start times on Sunday. And there's no reason why the hurlers couldn't be Saturday, footballers Sunday, put the ladies in at a time around that. Uh, they're well used to being moved around in terms of weird times. It's just, yeah. I find it very frustrating. In a time of streaming, where everything has to be accessed via uh, your phone or your computer, that they can't just make it accessible to everybody, no matter who you are or where you are. So from a media point of view, we'd like to be able to cover all of these games and I physically haven't worked out how to make three of me and put me in three different locations at the same time. But that's a me problem. Um, it, but it's just one of those things that just, it's a bugbear. I can't understand it. It happens across the board within individual sports as well. Anyway, I, I digress. Let's get back to the football. Uh, we have, of course, Loud, Mickey Hart in town. Uh, will there be much attention on the fact that Mickey Hart is coming to, to Carrick, even though there'll be nobody really in the ground to... Just take a look at it. Ah, there will, of course, sir. Like Mickey Hart, you know, I suppose, like one of the outstanding managers of our generation, um, you know, for his celebrity status in the game, and rightly so. And for him to be coming down with Louth here, it's a very interesting, um, you know, sideshow from the point of we of us playing Louth a couple of years ago or in the last campaign and been very successful down there, you know, and having lost in Marfrick's Park at the weekend. We're trying to figure out now, you know, can 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 Leitrim take take Louth? Where allow that? And there's no doubt about it. Um, Terry Highland would be very wary of the Mickey Hart factor. 
in terms of the weekend, I suppose I won't ask you to call the hurlers of the ladies footballers because the knowledge mightn't be quite there to make an educated decision on that. But the footballers, loud in town, can we get two points, get our season up and running? Absolutely. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, speaking to Dara Rooney there, you know, super game yesterday from Dara and, you know, all the right noises are coming out of the room, you know, from what you what you'd expect to hear from a team that, you know, they're very disappointed to have lost. They're disappointed at their performance. You know, they're not blaming anything else. You know, they're they're obviously, you know, pointing to the sending off, but they're not blaming it for their, you know, for their demise. So I suppose from a point of view of to hear Dara's confidence there, you know, that they were expecting to win their three games. You know, that's that's probably what we would have expected from from the Leitrim dressing room at this stage, you know, having been in Division Three and that kind of stuff. So look at Brefney, we went in and hope um last Sunday in the Mavericks Park, you know, expectation more than hope, to be fair. Um, you know, that was dampened. So now we're out next Sunday. Um, in expectation again, I would think, because like what can Louth have done in the interim with the players that they had the last time we played them, bar the Mickey Hart factor. So, you know, are they going to be fitter or stronger, faster? Possibly. Um, you know, we're seeing that at the moment, teams coming back in, in super condition, you know, some better than others. So I suppose Terry Highland is trick this week is to figure out, you know, fix the flaws from last week as best he can and try and get the shooting show the same up front. You know, the sh- the shooting was fantastic last weekend. The 18 points was a very positive return. You know, I'm sure if, if they look at the other end of the pitch and try to nail down some of the stuff that, that didn't work to plan um, and come up with a solution for that. I, I'd be very disappointed if we don't get our two points on Sunday. And as we said earlier on, this league is going to be wide open after Sunday because um, Sligo have a very difficult journey down to down to Belfast. Absolutely. Well, listen, and head on the block, one word, who's going to win on Sunday in Park Sean? Oh, Leitrim, I would think. Excellent. Well, Aidan, thanks very much for joining me. Thanks also to our guests across the whole show, to David McGovern of the Hurlers, Darren Rooney, of the county football team and also the ladies football manager Hugh Donnelly. Don't forget you can get your hands on the Leitrim GA Supporters Club tickets. Uh, they're all available on leitrimsupportersclub.ie and also that outside chance to win yourself a wedding. Uh, you could always have a, re- a renewal of your wedding vows, Aidan. What do you think? What should be up first? Well, I, I have three kids, Brefney. Uh, <laughs> and there's a possibility they might get married too. So I think. <laughs> Well, there's definitely something's going to happen, I'd imagine. So, yeah, we could put the put the, put the 25 grand on, 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 on ice for a couple of years. Well, listen, get yourself over to winnowen.ie <laughs> and you might have a, a very comfortable day out in uh, Lochrin <laughs> State and Gardens in the coming years. And, of course, that prize is eligible until uh, January 2025. But there's a little asterisk there as well. I'm sure negotiations are possible on that. Aidan, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, to everybody who's watching, thank you very much for sticking with us for the last hour or so. Uh, don't forget, you can follow the show anywhere you want on Leitrim GA's platform, Leitrim Daily, and of course on Final Whistle as well. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I do recommend Spotify. It's probably the easiest place to get us week in, week out. It'll come straight into your phone. Uh, talk to you again next week when I'll be joined by a former teammate of Aidan's Colin Regan.